In today's episode, Dan is back to talk about wholesale selling on Amazon. He's going to give us the latest strategies as well as talk about the first ever tool in Helium 10 designed specifically for wholesale sellers. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level. In the e-commerce world, we've got one of the most serious sellers out there, Dan the Man. Dan, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, brother? Thanks for having me on. All right. I'm doing just great. This is now your, your second time here on the podcast. So guys, make sure to you know go to helium10.com forward slash podcast and then do a search. Spell your last name again. You spell your name kind of funny, so I forget how to, how to do it's it. It's one of those uncommon ones for sure. M-E-A-D-O-R-S. All right. So guys, uh, make sure to, to type that into helium10.com forward slash podcast. You can get a little bit more of Dan's backstory on there. But when we have uh, somebody on for the second time, you know, it's, it's been like a year and a half almost since he's been on. We, we, we kind of focus a little bit more on what's been going on the last year. We don't have to get their life story again, but it, it is an interesting one. So make sure to, to check it out. Are there times now, Dan, you wish you were still in the kind of like trading cards and Pokemon uh, kind of game like you were Gosh, way man. back when? Because that is just been ridiculous in the last year it has been wild like so it was it was funny because i you know i sold a lot of my collection off and stuff when i as i was moving out of it and goodness gracious mm-hmm. if i would have hung on man it's it's been a crazy market for for those guys too and uh uh it, you know it's just one of those things i think it's, it's it's been a good time for e-commerce in general but it's really helped that segment for sure Sure, sure i mean when we were talking you know i had told you about how i was selling my dad's stuff but i i, I wish i even waited even from last year like there was this this one uh set i was selling or um some packs from japan it was a a neo 3 pokemon unopened you know these japanese packs and i was selling them last year about 25 bucks a pop which i i I was happy you know because because the the 25 bucks a a pop you know these things my dad bought retail for like five dollars a piece or less in in japan you know 19 years ago i i only have like about 30 left of those and and they're going for 350 dollars a pack it's it's just insane what's happened in the last year but anyways we're not here to talk about sports cards i want to talk about wholesale because that you know i don't know if it's you know what l cool j say don't call it a comeback but you know, it never really went anywhere, but I, I just see it. It seems to be buzzing more and more where people are like, hey, this this wholesale thing on Amazon is a thing. You know, this is this is some pretty good stuff. Uh, um, can you talk about about, you know, like maybe some success stories or that some of your students have been having the last year? For sure, man. No, we definitely we definitely had a whole lot of success. But right now, I mean, this is not to veer off topic or anything, but right now, I believe mm-hmm. there's two primary models for Amazon. And that's private label and wholesale. And I think if you're probably not doing one of those, there's there's yeah. just a better model out there. Like, really, those are the the premier things. But for sure, man, over the past year, like it's been a a just incredible, uh, seen an incredible amount of success within the wholesale world. Like you have to imagine it from the perspective of you know since the last time we talked, like COVID happened, and that's been like a big thing, right? Like it's been like a big thing that's kind of changed, right? change commerce to a degree. And um, so there were certainly challenges as far as like the logistical things, getting getting products in. But, you know, it, it 
the people who were well positioned, like do you know specifically doing a lot of what we teach and creating value for brands, were able to 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 see a lot of really nice profits. Like I, you know, one of the ladies that we, you know, I talk, I've I've talked about her before. I don't know if I've talked about her on on your podcast, but she's just an awesome person and and, and an awesome part of our community. Uh, Amy Sherlock. She uh, the other day she she sent me a text and it was, uh, golly, I'm trying to read it right now, but it said. Uh, you know, getting ready to crack a bottle of champagne, just had my first hundred K month. And, you know, this was a lady who, who got mm. her business started with absolute most meager of circumstances. She had, uh, you know, she had, she had declared bankruptcy. She was on food stamps at one point and just got in and, and, and created a whole lot of value for brands. And, and over the past year, man, like it, you know, Amazon, it, it's, it's always been one of those things where, uh, you know, it was a, an important part of commerce, but for brands where the retail sector got disrupted so much, like a lot of brands really kind of turned their attention to Amazon. Now, just to make sure everybody uh, understands what we're talking about here, you know, there, there's different, I guess, I don't know if I want to say definitions, but different kinds of, of wholesale, you know, or different things that people are referring to. You know, there's some where it's like wholesales, like, hey, I'm going to go find these companies that that have bad Amazon listings and, and let me just offer my services. And and it's not my listing, but it's almost like I'm going to run theirs like, as if it was like a private label. But and then maybe they'll, they'll sell me some products and I'll sell it for them or I'll, I'll, I'll sell it on mine after I buy it. Or maybe it's just a case I'm optimizing their listing. They give me power over it. Now, there's other, you know, there's other kinds of wholesale, such as people say, all right, no, wholesale is just the strictly like, hey, let me get this list uh, of what wholesale price is. I'm going to buy it, have it shipped to me or have it shipped to Amazon. I'm going to put it to Amazon. And here I am, you know, competing with a few other people for the buy box. And we're all selling this product. I don't control the listing or the images and stuff like that. So which one of those do you mainly focus on? For sure, we you know we've ex we had experimented. We if it's a if it's a form of selling on Amazon, we've we've ultimately tried it in some <laughs> form or fashion. But but really, it's kind of that latter uh, scenario that you talked about. We or the, the former scenario, I guess. The we we like to go in and create direct relationships with brands directly, not just wholesalers, um, and work with those brands to to increase their sales. So that's in a lot of instances we have a lot of similarities with a private label with a private label model. Like we, you know, we, we do a lot of those same optimizations for brands. Um, we, uh, ultimately we'll, we'll do things like optimize their listings, improve pictures to increase conversion. We, in a lot of cases, like, you know, for, for the vast majority of brands that we work with, we run ads and manage their ads campaigns. But we, what we did is we showed them the value that those ads have in terms of bringing the new customers. So a lot of the brands pay for that because they see, they see the value there. Um, so it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's very, yeah, it's, it's very close to the, the private label model. Something came by my desk a couple of months ago and actually came from Dan and, and Dan's team. It's the way that they kind of like kind of estimate how many sales someone can make on an existing listing, you know, that, that, that people do wholesale. So how much, you know, sales they can make, you know, if they were to go ahead and add their, you know, their listing to it. So before we talk about what we came up with in Helium 10, can you talk about the old way of how you and your students would calculate that out? Sure. I know it's it, it, like it, for us originally, when we started, there wasn't a great way to calculate it out. And, and honestly, that kind of leaves you operating in the dark. Um, that kind of evolved over, over the course of time. And we were using a lot of, you know, we, 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 we've been using Helium 10 for a while now and, and have been using the sales estimation. So the process for us beforehand would be to look at, the, look at a listing and determine the amount of 
what we consider competitive sellers. Now, over the course of time, we've seen that you know, for the mass, vast majority of, of sales on Amazon, they happen within the buy box. And then you know the buy box on a listing where there are multiple sellers will rotate among competitive sellers. Competitive means in our world, what we've seen is with, if you're within 2% of the buy box, you have a good percentage chance of, of getting some level of sales equity, right? Now, obviously, like the best position, if you want to be able to maximize your sales equity, that would be like matching the lowest price or being the lowest price. But, you know, we've seen that competitive sellers kind of snag that buy box uh, within 2%. So our calculation for that was, you know, look at the existing number of sales using um, the extension, like the total number of sales that happened on the listing. Look at the competitive sellers, the, the FBA or prime sellers within 2% of the lowest prime price and divide that by the number of sellers plus one, because that's assuming that that we're going to, to be selling the product as well. So it's a, you know, it's it, it was relatively simple process, but it actually, whenever you start doing it, like on so many listings, like it takes quite a bit of time to sit there and just kind of math out the sales. And, and that was ultimately, you know, part of the reason we reached out to you guys is like, wow, this is this is one of those things that I think could probably make a, a bit of difference for anybody who's who's in that model where they're they're looking at buy box rotation and at least kind of get a good grasp on it. Like it's nothing's ever perfect, and that you know there's, but it gives you an idea of what it should be if the if the ideal circumstances are there, so you can move forward and make decisions quickly. Um, so yeah, this is I'll be honest, man, that was a home run addition for us. All right, guys. So, anyways, you know, long story short, again, we greenlit this project and we we worked. Uh, you know, the team here, we, we got a Simon who was the uh, product manager for our Chrome extension, and, and he was uh, really helpful at getting this rolled out. So anybody who's who's got the uh, Helium 10 Chrome extension, by the way, guys, if you guys are listening and you don't have the, the Chrome extension, you, you don't even need to pay for it. You can get it for uh, for free. You get a few uses a month for free. So just go to h10.me forward slash extension, h10.me forward slash extension, and install it for free. Once you do that and get everything signed up, you go to any of these pages that you, you'd like kind of to kind of estimate you know, how much money you potentially, you know, could make approximately, you know, uh, if you added your own wholesale, you know, offering for it. And what it does is is you scroll down on any page and you scroll down to right past uh, the BSR graph. You know, Helium 10 has a BSR history right there. And right below that, you'll see something called calculators. And it defaults to right there, the sales estimator. Now it's going to show you the number of quote unquote competitive offers. And what that's based on is based on what Dan was talking about, about, hey, you know, usually if you're within 2% of an FBA prime, you know, buy box price, you're you're probably going to be in the running to get a rotation on the buy box. You know, uh, of course, if, if your metrics are 5% on your, you know, seller performance or, or your seller feedback, you know, you probably won't get as many impressions as as everybody else. But hey, in, in general, it's a good rule of thumb. So we show you how many competitive offers. And then what you can do is you can say, like let's say there was two competitive offers you just go ahead and add, change that to three and then what it does is it takes the estimated sales for that listing or for that asin and then divides it by that number so that hey if uh in a world where the buy box is is kind of rotated evenly this is approximately how many sales you can get it takes now one second as opposed to the old way that that dad's team had to do it is they had to to, to add it all up and, and see who is within 2% and then go check another Chrome extension to see what the estimated sales and then go ahead and bust out the, the calculator and then they could probably get an idea. So have you started using that yourself, uh, uh, Dan? Or, um, because it, it's literally brand new, like a couple of days ago. 
No, no, a hundred percent. Our team definitely has has started using it, and it's you know, like you said, it, it, it's 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 one of those things. Like the the calculation, doing it once, you know, may take ten or fifteen, twenty seconds, thirty seconds to like do it yourself, and you don't really realize how many thirty seconds there are in a day when you're just sitting there scouting late. So we've seen an immediate increase in production from our from our scouting team. It's it, it's incredible, honestly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now. Here's a question. You know, I know you, you teach this in, in your training, and and we'll of course let people know how to how, how to get to that at the end of this episode. But as a rule of thumb, you know, how do I know something might be a, an opportunity? Like like I can't just go to Amazon just start searching keywords and like oh here's a wholesale opportunity. I'm I'm going to be on this listing within a few days. Like like how does somebody get started in this field? For sure, no. I, I think that's usually like the the scariest part for a lot of people is 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 thinking, what if I, you know, what if I didn't choose a great product, right? And the the solace, you know, the solace here is that in wholesale, you're not quite as as stuck to a product as you might be with private label, right? Like there's a there is a a a lot of development that goes in, a lot of you know, in a lot of cases, a, a fairly significant initial order and and. You're you're kind of you're really all energy into to that, but with wholesale, like you, you're actually able to to move around and and, and get out of skews quite uh, easily, right? Because you know every product I buy, as, as an example, it has existing sales, so I don't have to create a whole bunch of demand. Like I just have to to be a competitive seller on the list. We use a, a fairly set of simple rules to qualify a lead, and for us, that's. You know, number one, I actually just don't want products that are carried by by Amazon themselves, and it's it's for a couple of reasons. Like we've carried products and ultimately been able to beat Amazon before on price and and, and win the buy box and, and kind of sell those products. But you know, being the like Amazon is very aggressive. Like we 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 try to avoid them because they're going to force you to sell it lower than, at a, at a price lower than you want consistently. Like so, I, I hate the idea of, of of looking for products where my margin is is just pretty pretty limited. The second part of that is back to kind of what we were originally talking about with our model. Um, it you know our model is really contingent on developing great relationships with a brand. If Amazon carries that product, it's really hard to make those uh, specific changes to the to, to the product page. Like Amazon's retail team kind of locks it to, for locks the listing for changes and it makes it difficult to add value. So we just avoid those products in general. The second thing is we really like products and, and this is more towards new sellers. Like if you're a more experienced seller, I think this is this line kind of moves fairly well. Um, but we like products over $20. And the reason for that is, you know, with wholesale, your acquisition costs, like you don't have to typically spend as much on marketing. Like we don't, you know, like I said, the vast majority of, of ads and things like that, the brands pay for. So we get like more of a true sense of margin than, than maybe private label does. But the, you know, the, the front side margin, like the, the great thing about private label is, you know, typically you might be paying $5 for a product that have a retail price of 20 or $25. That's just not the case in wholesale. Like for the vote for, you know, the vast majority of products, they operate in, in wholesale in terms of what they call keystone pricing. And that just means 50% of the retail price. So like a $20 retail item would be sold by a wholesaler or the brand themselves for around $10. And you may be able to negotiate a better price, but, but that's like a good kind of rule of thumb. So whenever you start getting below that $20 threshold, unless you're pretty familiar with 
you know, some of the Amazon programs, like maybe small and light, like if you're, you've, you've got pretty sizable shipments going in where you can really reduce uh, uh, your your shipping expense, then those those cheaper products become more viable. Like ultimately we carry some products that are like seven or $8 that do really, really well. They're just a little more complex now we handle them. So we advise like newer sellers to kind of stay above that $20 line and look for products $20 and above. The, the third thing that we're, that we're really looking for is that the product um, has more than three sellers. And a lot of people are like, wait, Dan, like, isn't it ideal if the product would only have me as a seller? And it's like, yes, that's like the perfect scenario whenever, whenever the, the stars kind of align for that to happen. But we really believe that exclusives are typically one, not given. And, and what I mean by that is we kind of earn those by providing a lot of value and developing a great relationship with the vendor over time. But initially, when I'm looking for a product, like I, I really want to focus on products with three or more sellers, because that shows me that that company has experience working with third-party brands to, to, or third-party retailers to sell their products. Like you got to think of, I know with Helium 10, like you guys deal so much with private label sellers and it, like a lot of your, your software, it, it, a lot of your customer base has to be because your software is just so good for that kind of stuff. And um, with, with, with private label sellers, like you have to imagine that they were bringing their product to market with the ideology that they were going to be the seller. So we don't necessarily always align there. And, and my goal is to find the best aligned people to work with, right? So it's, we found that over the course of time, whenever they have three or more sellers, that tends to be more likely to be aligned with what we're trying to do. And the last one is it, it's, it's kind of a vagity, right? Like, uh, and this goes back to our philosophy within our business, within like our teachings is we like to teach people to think like I, I want my employees to think I, and, and never just kind of like follow those crazy hard and fast rules. Like I, I don't like rules. I like, you know, guidelines for, for how to make good business decisions. And our last one kind of follows that. I like to say that, you know, the products that we choose have an established sales history of selling numerous times per month. And it's like, well, what does numerous mean? And I think that's flexible based on your business and in capital levels. And I also think it's flexible based on the price point of the product. Like, you know, would I carry a product that sold that I could sell 10 times a month if it were a $600 product? And the answer is like, oh yeah. You know, like that's that the margin that I'm going to typically have from a product like that's going to be easily worth my time to do it. But if I were selling like a, a $7 product, 10 times a month is not going to be able to move me. So it kind of depends on what your target is and, and what you're looking for. What we found in the best targets to be is like the, the products that, that we can sell at least 20 to, you know, between ourselves, between 20 and 50 times per month. That gives us like a good volume to know that the product's doing well. And I love seeing those products that are, are doing that well, like, you know, maybe have five, four or five sellers are selling two or 300 times a month and, uh, you know, have significant room for improvement. That, that's, that's always like the most exciting product for me. That's kind of long winded, but you know, the four rules kind of summarize. No, I, I let you get going because in, in those uh, three minutes there or, or so I, I ate an entire five guys hamburger and uh fries. So I was like, please keep going, please keep going. So I, I can finish the, <laughs> my whole hamburger here, I but that was it, actually man. some that's good efficiency. information. <laughs> you got five guys out there where you're at? Well, I live in the middle of, of, of kind of Nowhereville, Kentucky. So the closest five guys an hour and a half away. Otherwise, I would probably be as big as a bear. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you, you I remember the first time I met you, you lost a lot of weight since uh, 
since the first time I met you. And I, I think I, all your weight that you lost, I, I found it uh, and it's on me now. But anyways, I digress. One of the, you know, talking about, you know, finding a product, you, you were talking about, you know, $20, $10, et cetera. What's the target, you know, what do you teach your students as far as what the target uh, profit should be on, on what they should be shooting for? Again, I, I, you know, I think it's one of those moving targets. We tell people, if you're new, I love I, I love looking at profit or products with a 30% ROI or better. Okay. Now, you know, I can tell you that I personally carry, like, it's not a hypocritical thing. I, th I think whenever you start, like, looking for products under that, you need to be a little more sure on your business processes and things like that, just to make sure you, that you don't go negative or at least know what you're doing. Uh, but we carry plenty of products under that, uh, under that threshold of, of uh, the 30% ROI and they just make sense because of their volume. Um, but, but if you're new, seriously, look for products that have a little margin to give you some comfort and cushion. Okay. Now just, just for people who are, who are new to, you know, calculating things like that, like how would they go about calculating potential ROI? What, what factors, I mean, obviously the retail price that they're going to sell it for, and then there's the uh, shipping to get it to Amazon and there's the, you know, there's obviously the, the product that or the price that they're paying for the product. But how do you calculate that all in order to be able to say, hey, this is the ROI on this? For sure. For sure. No, it's it, that's the thing I, I truly love about ROIs. It's just, a, you know, it's the basic comparison versus cost. Like and, and rather than, than trying to, to, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to look at how you make money. There's you know ROI, profit margin, and those are different calculations. But for us, what we're looking at is ROI is the percentage of profit that we make versus what we spend. Now that that's that's awkward, right? It's like there's there's factors there. So so what I like how I can how I can do that is I can take the amount that Amazon pays me when I sell an item, you know, if I sell an item for like $20, you can go to their calculator and it'll tell you mm -hmm. uh, that maybe you get $13 after fees, right? $13. So let's say that that product, and you, oftentimes when you're doing this on the front side, it's best just to make out estimations, like how much is it going to cost me to send that product to Amazon? Um, you know, so like that kind of thing. Um, so we like to use, you know, 50 cents or a dollar estimation to kind of depending on, on if, where the, what the product is. But let's pretend it's just a small standard size product and it's going to cost us a dollar to send it to Amazon. That's our estimate, right? So that means that Amazon's giving us $12 or $13 when we sell that item. A dollar goes into to shipping and, and packing it and getting it there. So now we have $12 as our net. Now, if we paid $10 for that, our, 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 our return on investment would be... Uh, 12 minus 10, which is $2. And then it's ultimately 20% yeah. of what we spent. So it'd be 1.2 X the, our, our spend. So 20% okay. would fall below. Ideally on a $10 item, I want to have a, a, a that return on investment of, of $3 or get $13 back. Okay. As far as, you know, the, who you're purchasing from, what, what, what would you say is the percentage breakdown where, it's direct, I mean, not necessarily wholesale, kind of wholesale, but direct from the manufacturer or you're buying it through distribution centers or, or actual wholesalers. Oh, it's, so we kind of use the term brand and, and uh, manufacturer interchangeably. And that's like, it, it's kind of, it can be kind of confusing, right? But whenever we're talking about brand, I just want to get really clear so people understand what I'm talking about. Whenever I'm talking about a brand, 
if the best example is Nike shoes, because everybody knows Nike, it's just a brand that everybody's heard of. So if I wanted to carry Nike shoes, I would contact their sales team at their, at at their headquarters. It would probably, uh, that's in Oregon, I think. Now, most people are like, well, Nike shoes are created in China, right? Or or, or wherever they're actually physically manufactured. In wholesale, we don't deal with the manufacturer or or with the, the factory directly. We're only dealing with a brand owner because if you go outside of that, that chain of, of, I would say chain of custody maybe is the, probably the right terminology. You're, you start getting in the area where you're counterfeiting or selling unauthorized products, and, and that's what we really want to avoid. So for us, we exclusively deal with brands at this point. Like we, I, 0% of our products are purchased through distributors or, or what you would consider to be tra- traditional wholesalers. Now, when we purchase directly from a brand, like all of those brands are, are based domestically and have, you know, even regardless of where their products are manufactured, they're warehoused domestically. So like, you know, I place an order with a brand for us, about 80% of our orders are just shipped directly to Amazon. So like I set up my account, let's say on day one, I place my, you know, I get approved and I place my order. Typically our products are live on Amazon in, in about seven days or five to seven days. And then some amount of those would be, would potentially be shipped to a third party uh, prep center who preps them and then sends them onward to Amazon if they require it. All right, guys, quick break on this episode for my BTS Bradley's 30 seconds. Here is my 30 second tip for the day. Uh, We've been talking in this episode about wholesale. And one thing that's important, whether you're a wholesale or private label seller sometimes is to know the inventory of the competition. Now, when you're a wholesale seller, you're thinking like, hmm, can I jump on this listing? I can't afford the buy box price right now, but use inventory levels. You just click on the Chrome extension of Helium 10, you hit inventory levels, and you'll see the remaining inventory that all of the sellers have left in stock. So you know if you need to wait them out or if you just need to move on to another opportunity. Private label sellers can use that to check out some of their their competitors inventory, as well as if you ever have a hijacker on your listing, you can use inventory levels to see if it's just one or two products that they have, or if they've got a hundred and a hundred or 150 or even more, and you need to like escalate that to Amazon. Okay, cool, cool. Now, you know, you, you mentioned, Hey, you, you know, you like products that, that have, you know, more than three sellers. So people obviously you know, know how to deal with Amazon sellers, but how do you make that cold call? I mean, uh, are these cold calls, cold emails, or how do you contact them? What do you say to get the relationship going? That's a really good question. So for us, we we have a, we, you know, we, we kind of have a, a philosophy about just general contact strategy. And and part of that's rooted in efficiency, and part of it is rooting, rooted in context and, and creating the right context around talking to somebody. So for us, we always start with an email. And, it, you know, there's a variety of different emails I think you can send, but uh, we, we start with an email to the brand and then ultimately try to try to go to a phone call to, to close and, and discuss, discuss how we can particularly help them. Like, I think it's probably important to mention that, you know, traditional wholesale working with a distributor or wholesaler is, is, is typically easier. Like more of them will approve, like if you send an email, it's like, hey, I would like to to get a, get an account with you guys, they would, you know, they're going to be like, Hey, glad to have you. You know, we need this information for the most part. Now with brands, they're a lot more selective about who they work with, like a lot more. And the vast majority of brands will tell you that, you know, on that initial email that they're not interested, but that's our sweet spot. 
Like I actually love when a brand tells me no, because it means they care a lot about their brand and they're, they're invested into their own products. And that makes me know that if I can convert them or find a way to ultimately work with them, that it's probably going to be a, a, a long and profitable relationship. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, you know, I, I would imagine a lot of, a lot of the, the fees here and your profitability hinges on, on, you know, how economical you can ship it to Amazon. So is your number one option, hey, let's get the brand or whoever you're purchasing it from to send it directly to FBA? 100%. That's that's like the perfect scenario because it reduces that shipping from us like or to us and then us having to ship it or, you know, to the prep center and them having to ship it. it, it so if that is the possibility, that's exactly what we want every single time. Like not only do I think it or is it more likely to it is most certainly cheaper, but I also think that there's the element of it's less likely to get damaged too, right? Like the less handling of a product in, in general, the more likely it's it's going to be to to, to kind of show up in, in tip top shape for the customers. Okay. And then but you know, sometimes can you still make money if if they're insistent, no, I need to ship it to you first and then and then you ship it to Amazon? Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's probably twenty percent of our products currently still, you know, they just either you know, those products need very specific types of prep or the company just doesn't have the they, they don't they don't have the policies to, to be able to ship direct to Amazon. So yeah, it's it's it definitely possible, but the most ideal circumstance and where you get to make the most money is if you're able to ship those products direct. Okay. And then do you have them put FN SKUs on everything so that, you know, the, the sales can be attributed to you or, or are you cool with doing the, the, the co-mingled stickerless inventory thing? I only, I only sticker things that require a sticker. Like, you know, some products, if they're ingestible or a food or you got a topical that you rub on your skin or, or whatever, they require stickers. If it doesn't require a sticker, I don't sticker it because I don't, I don't want to increase my costs. And, and mm -hmm. you know, another for for us at least like typically that's done whenever you you know if if you're concerned about the uh the condition of the product or or whatever because your invoices aren't up to snuff maybe or you're using receipts or whatever like the important thing to remember is with our direct form of wholesale we're working directly with the brand like the invoice legitimately can't get better it's not possible so like you know, just like any other seller where we, we do a high volume of sales, like we get occasionally get customer complaints or the, the occasional like counterfeit uh, claim or, or whatever it is. Right. And for those like where we've never had any type of issue being able to, to send our our brand manufacturer direct invoices. And, and in some cases, like we we've also sent a letter of authorization from the manufacturer where they're just like, no, these guys are are legitimate. They buy their product directly from us you know, that kind of stuff. And, and we've never once had an issue. Hmm. Okay. So wait, I, I've never done the, the, the co-mingled stickerless, but, but like, let's say somebody, you know, somebody buys a product and it is stickerless. I mean, basically Amazon doesn't know where that product, you know, which seller the product came from. Right. Correct. So then it really can't fall back on you in that, in that, in that sense. Like if there is like, the, a whole bunch of, of products that that uh, maybe didn't have a seal, it's not like they're going to close the Amazon accounts of every single one of those 10 sellers, right? It's it's interesting because, you know, whenever Amazon, it, regardless of whether you're stickered or not, let's say that actually mm -hmm. happens. Let's say that that, that thing happens. Uh, you know, I've been through a lot of those things where Amazon doesn't necessarily like 
assert if it's yours. They say that this was your product and, and you know, you have to you have to develop your plan of action based on it, which re- usually requires you, whether you're guilty or not, to accept the responsibility. Right. Like that's part of uh, of kind of combating those those plans of action. But what we've seen ultimately is regardless of whether we were stickered or not, we would get that same claim. And, you know, being stickered has never helped us, whereas not being stickered saves us approximately 20 cents a unit. So it's it, it, it for us like and, and our invoices. Now, if I were like a retail arbitrage or online arbitrage seller, like I probably would just be stickered to, to be a bit safer. But but our invoices really just just stand up to to any type of scrutiny. OK, cool. Interesting. Interesting. What about, uh, have you ever, or I actually, I, I just thought of this is like, you know, like what, what if, you know, the manufacturer, you know, doesn't want people selling their product, but if, if you're, if you're kind of like trying to focus just on buying stuff from the brands themselves, that kind of saves you from that problem. Because I know sometimes when you do arbitrage and things like that, you know, you don't know this, you know, you're buying the product and it's legit, but then the, the actual manufacturer or the brand doesn't want you selling online so that they'll send like these cease and desist things and they'll try and get you kicked off Amazon. But under your kind of, uh, you know, way of doing things, that kind of saves you from, from that headache, right? Yeah, like we're completely authorized. I mean, I mean, for the most part, the the brands support everything we do. You know, they're, they're helping us, you know, I, whenever I improve their pictures, like, you know, I, to be honest, like I don't, I, I'm not a photographer, like I'm not out there, you know, pose getting poses and and positioning pictures and stuff like that for the most part the brands already have that kind of stuff so it's we're working back and forth to to utilize their resources and get them live on the listing so you know whenever these types of things come up they they were number one we're always authorized they know who we are there there's never any confusion so uh we've never had a problem of, of them never you know not wanting us to sell their products or whatnot Okay, cool, cool. What, what's another, you know, strategy? Obviously, you can't give out, you know, all your your secret strategies. That's for people who who take the course. But but just to give people, you know, whet their appetites uh, of the kind of level of of insights and training they're going to get, uh, you know, with the wholesale formula. What what's something you can give, kind of like a preview of coming attractions? No, for us, it, the wholesale formula. You know, there's I, I, it's it's interesting because I think there's a lot of, of of courses and information, right? Like our the wholesale formula is quite a bit different than just a, a traditional course. Whenever we um, work with people, we we try to provide all of the resources and support, and and it, it's it's more like a program to, that that is focused on getting results. So, you know, what is the wholesale formula? The course, the course aspects are the uh, you know, it, it's an exact replica of how. We do our business, the processes, the, the, the thought that goes into it, how we handle sales calls, like how we convince a brand to work with us, how we identify reasons that they would want to work with us. All those factors are, are, are in the wholesale formula. But it's, as far as like the, the program itself, like, you know, this, this last time we opened our course, like our, our course actually currently isn't open. So, so oh, you know, hopefully anybody hears it won't be disappointed, but the, uh, you know, our, in our last time that we opened the course, uh, and, and we recently just kind of closed that workshop or whatever. But um, you know, the people who signed up beyond just the the program itself, they were able to get enrolled into a coaching our, our coaching program to make sure that they're they're hitting the mark and getting the results they want. Similarly, we also uh, have several other resources uh, about like improving listings, running PPC and all of those things to make sure that they're able to support the brands that they, they, they get to work with them. 
So it's a, it, it, it's, it's really a, an, an intensive process, honestly, man. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Now, anything else you'd like to say before we get to your, your, your 30 second uh, tip of the episode, like maybe some, um, so some more success stories or, or some cool anecdotes or funny story, anything like that. I actually read a post from a guy in our community this morning named John Bibby. And we recently took on uh, several hundred students and he, he just wanted to make a, a post to let them know, you know, how this business could ultimately affect them and, and how it could be, change their lives because it, you know, it was a big deal for him. Uh, before, before the wholesale formula, he was, uh, he was an RA OA guy just out there kind of like beating the streets and, and really just, just grinding out and making dollars, like working his butt off. And his wife was diagnosed with cancer and ultimately they were able to switch their, their operation to, uh, to, to kind of be conducive with, with her condition and, and, uh, stuff like stuff like that, where she didn't have to get mm -hmm. out. She was mm -hmm. able to list and, you know, send emails to, to brands and, and communicate and stuff like that, but not really get out there and make herself sick. And, you know, ultimately he said that, that, that cancer stole her, but the, the thing for him is, is during the course of time, whenever, whenever she was still with him, they were able to create like a, a real business. They were able to get their family involved. And it was something that gave her, gave her the ability to, to still work. Like he said that that was like the biggest thing for her. She was, uh, she was really sick and she, she still just wanted to work. And it, it, to me, I think, you know, our, that was a big success. Like the guy created a, a business while he was going through a tragedy and ultimately was able to, to kind of spend, uh, a lot more time with his wife, but, um, you know, and I think that's, but I think that's not exclusive to wholesale. Honestly, that's, that's, mm -hmm. it just happened to be the, the vehicle he took. I, I think that same possibility is possible for, for people doing private label and, 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 you know, some forms of, of maybe arbitrage and stuff like that. But, uh, I, I to me, the, the, I guess the, the takeaway from that story is, you know, uh, look at your, I, I guess you could look at your, your business as, as a family affair and, use it to be in, in certain instances, be able to use it to, to make, uh, make the people around you even happier. It was just, a, it, to me, it was a really cool story saying, saying how he, he, you know, he kind of leveraged Amazon as a, as a way to make his wife happy whenever she needed it the most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there, there's tons of stories like that, you know, not, not exclusive to wholesale, of course, but just in general, how, how, how e-commerce, um, you know, it's not all just about Lamborghinis and mansions and things like that. There's a lot of, uh, you know, real human stories behind, behind things and allows people to do things that maybe otherwise they might not have been able to have the opportunity to do. One last thing, actually, uh, I just remembered something and I think I'm like 98% sure that you don't know about this, uh, because it just got added to Helium 10 this morning. And it just popped up into my mind as a potential strategy. So you, you tell me if, if this is, uh, if this would be an accurate strategy or not. So, you know, a lot of people are doing similar things, you know, wholesale. So let's say that I happen to, to come across some, some solid listings I'm selling. And, you know, I, I notice in a couple listings that there's another third-party seller, um, like, like myself, who, who, who I'm also sharing the buy box, you know, nothing, we're not talking about, oh, we're having a race to the bottom or we're having some kind of price wars. I just happen to notice the, the name of a storefront. Like, would it be a, a strategy of, of clicking on that person, that other person's storefront, knowing that he sells like one or two of the same products as me. And maybe I'm thinking, maybe this guy's doing the same thing that I'm doing and going to look at the other brands and things that, that he's selling in, in, um, in his storefront to get an idea of some leads. 
Oh yeah, that's definitely one of the one of one of our uh, the big strategies that we actually teach. Is it's, there's no reason to replicate work when the work's already been done for you. So it's it's a phenomenal way, and I, I can tell you that you're 100 on the right track because we call it um, uh, seller profiles. Like, and, and typically, whenever you see that a, a seller is carrying a similar product to you, and they're you you can kind of look at their feedback and, and go to their store and a lot of times they just carry a lot of those types of products, you know, with similar margins and the similar kind of price range and, and maybe even niche based, which saves you a ton of work and having to research those niches and, and kind of do all that stuff. So absolutely something we employ and, and 100% encourage. Nice. Nice. We just actually added that into helium 10 for the black box for products. You know, we've always had where you can search by brand, you know, for, for different products that come up or exclude brands. Well, now we have two new advanced filters where you can sort, uh, you can actually filter by the seller. So as long as you have their their seller name in a, in a, in the it's it's uh, you have to have it exact. You can't put like you know lowercase and uppercase uh, depending on what they have. You got to have it exactly as it is on Amazon. You'll be able to see right there, right in black box, you know, up to two hundred of whatever is in your competitor storefront. So. There you go. There's something maybe new you and your students can use. No, this is definitely something I, I'm excited to hear that this got got added to Black Box because it was definitely one of those kind of more manual processes. And and it will be a huge time saver because it's, you know, it, it's easily one of our best ways that, that we're, we're able to find products consistently. So it's a great, great addition. Sweet, sweet. All right. We come to the part of the show that's or the TST 30 second tip. You've been giving us tips and strategies throughout this whole episode. But what's something you can say in a Around 30 seconds or less, highly valuable, highly actionable for our listeners out there. Uh, it, it has to be that keywords are far more important than I used to believe they were. Like the, if there's a tool that is, that I've utilized more than anything, it is, it, it's, it's Cerebro and I've gotten absolutely crushing results. The, for us, it was understanding that position in keywords actually matters and, and how to position the most relevant keywords. So, uh, you know, my 30, my 30 second actionable advice would be focus on getting better keywords into your title and bullets. Cerebro can be a very, very powerful tool for it and, and ultimately create a lot more traction than you believe. I love it. I love it. All right. I know it's closed right now for, for people to, to join the wholesale formula, but, but if people just want to reach out to you to, to find more information or, or maybe get on some, some list to, to be notified when it'll be open again, how can they find you on the interwebs? For sure, my man. Go to thewholesaleformula.com. That's our website. We also have a blog. Um, we, you can join our mailing list there, and, and that's what we obviously talk about anytime the enrollment's open or whatever. But uh, more importantly, there's tons of free content there and, and actionable strategies to help people get started with wholesale and, uh, and moving in that direction. Similarly, we have a, a Facebook group, group called the FBA Wholesale Community. It's a free Facebook group. Anybody can join it. Uh, we, we jump in there, have employees as well that kind of jump in there and help answer questions. Uh, really, really good group, a bunch of smart people in there. Um, and then we have our, our Facebook page, the wholesale formula. We, we pump out a lot of cool content there as well. So it's, those are, those are definitely the three best ways to contact us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming back on the show and we'll definitely want to reach out to you in, in another year or so and see where you guys are at. 
Well, hey, brother, I appreciate it. And seriously, thank you for the, the addition you guys made. I, I promise it's it's going to save a whole bunch of people in our community and anybody else who uses this feature a ton of time. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later.